This is Prairie Room Companion, episode 28, recorded October 27th, 2010. Saints and Souls. Welcome to this week prayer, this week's episode of Prairie Room Companion. I am one of your hosts, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I am the ever-verbose and erudite Father Andrew Dickinson at South Dakota State University. And in both of our locales as we speak, Father, today, uh, as we're recording the morning of Wednesday, October 27th, it's rather uh, chilly in East River, South Dakota. You could say chilly. Uh, some people might call it cold. But they wouldn't be hardy South Dakotans. Or maybe just hardy South Dakotans that were used to a long and luxurious fall. <laughs> Indeed, and uh, I, you know, right now I mentioned uh, to Father beforehand, uh, I'm looking out my window and I'm seeing a little bit of snow flurries. Nothing accumulating, but the snow is blowing around. What about up there, Father? Snow is blowing around, even some snow on the grassy areas or on the windshields of cars. And, of course, uh, I'm guessing like you, the wind has not taken oh a Oh, my. This, okay, for those of you, okay, just a little... Little bit here, um, especially for me, not being the native South Dakota, me being from central Minnesota where we have these things called trees. Um, <laughs> those thing we have those things in Minnesota called trees that you know aren't as prevalent mm-hmm. here in uh, okay. eastern South Dakota. And for those the listeners who aren't from and have not had the pleasure of visiting South Dakota, it can get Came windy. On. It gets windy, and the last two days it's been incredibly windy. I mean. Sustained winds of around 35 miles an hour with gusts uh, uh, up to 50. Yeah. It's so, not going to go down until uh, after 10 o'clock tonight. So it's been my, my, the other morning I, I um, went out to, uh, to, to leave for work, and, and, and my neighbor's leaf bags had blown completely into our yard. And, uh, yeah, uh, I, this morning some of the coworkers here at the Dyson offices were talking about um, garbage cans being, you know, blowing all over the place, uh, you know, from neighbors having their trash been emptied and then the garbage cans decided to, to take off, uh, make their quick getaway while they could. So it's windy. Not an uncommon South Dakota experience, the, uh, the garbage can sprint. The garbage can sprint, exactly. So, uh, yeah, so that's sort of the, that's the meteorological status here uh, as, as we are recall, uh, recording this podcast. If you can't um, talk about anything else, talk about the what. Exactly. Uh, and we are, you know, as I mentioned, uh, it's the 27th of October, and we're, we are just days away from uh, the beginning of November, November 1st and 2nd. And uh, Father, I propose we'll be talking about the, uh, the feasts or solemnities that we'll be celebrating. November 1st, of course, is the day after Halloween, as we all know. Um, you know that's what we celebrate the the candy that we get the night before. Uh, you know, of course, all souls. All For those Saints, of you with children, you celebrate the candy you got the night before. Exactly. So All Saints Day, November first, uh, which is Monday uh, this year, and then All Souls Day on November second. And of course, November is typically a month uh, in which uh, Catholics. Um, Pray in a particular way, uh, maybe, maybe perhaps more consciously for the deceased. Uh, so let, maybe you start chronologically, Father, uh, November 1st, the feast, the solemnity of all saints. Uh, anything uh, that you, you'd like to say as we get into this topic about that feast, solemnity? Well, that solemn feast, for one, I'm disappointed that it's not a day of obligation this year, since, uh, or at least right. the obligation has been lifted by uh, our local conference of uh, bishops here in the United States. 
Uh, although it is good and laudable to attend uh, the Holy Mass on that day, uh, no, no crime against you if you do go. So yeah. you go. Right. And just for the, for the sake of clarity, for the, uh, those who might be wondering, it's because the November because the first does fall on a Monday, um, when some of these feasts that that often are days of obligation fall on Saturday or, or Monday, the uh, the obligation to attend the obligation to attend mass um, is is we are dispensed from that obligation on those occasions. So, so although the invitation does remain, absolutely. So uh, go to mass and. What's this feast all about, Father? Uh, well, I, you know, actually, now that you bring that up, I was pushing more on the All Souls type of thing. So, all right, I'll run with the I All Saints. Story's hazy in my brain, but I'm not remembering. All that. I'll run with All Saints, and, and we'll let Father run with All Souls. So, All well, Saints. Let me, well, let's flip the script then. All right, you ready? Just flip that. Okay, there, good. Ah. Uh, so, uh, Dr. Bergwald, what yes. can you tell us about uh, the Feast of All Saints? I can't read the I can't read the writing upside down. That we switched it. Though. That's no. I know. Um, so, uh, the All Saints, um, of course, as as our listeners know, Catholic or not, I'm sure you're well aware um, that 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 uh, we have devotion to the saints, those brothers and sisters of in the faith who have died um, and are in heaven, and we we know. Um, that they're before the heavenly throne because there has been a, at least for the last several centuries, a very rigorous process to determine the sanctity, the the degree of sanctity of these men and women during their lives. And then part of the process for some time now uh, has included of canonization. There are two miracles that have occurred uh, after the person has died because someone sought the intercession. So so you get canonized. Um, and we know who you are, your Saint uh, Padre Pio, maybe, or Saint Therese of Lisieux, or say, you know, pick any saint, you're, you're canonized, and we seek intercession. One of my favorite saints is Saint Ignatius Loyola, who was canonized twice. Really? Yes. I didn't know that. Yes, well, he was a young man, he was shot by a cannon, and then <laughs> after he died, he was canonized <laughs> by the church. <laughs> Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Actually, I have, friend, I have a friend who's now a priest at uh, CU in Boulder, uh, at the Newman Center there, who, uh, when he's going through his conversion, read the story of St. Ignatius Loyola, and at the end of the story, it said, canonized, you know, 1590, 16-something, whatever it was. And he's like, wow. And he started reading about these other saints and canonized on this date, canonized on that date. And he's like, wow. To be a saint, you got to be shot by a cannon. <laughs> there you go. True story. Catholic humor at its best. So, uh, but the thing is, of course, there are all these canonized saints who, who we know, as a matter of fact, are in heaven, and we, we, we seek the intercession. Uh, we can talk more about that in a minute as well. But this feast is for all those people who have passed away, who maybe have not gone through the canonization process, but who are, in fact, in heaven. And so we sort of, it's sort of the, uh, I don't know, sometimes I think of it as the, the church's... Uh, um, the way of covering everybody who we haven't acknowledged who is in fact in heaven. All saints, all those holy men and women who have lived uh, holy pious lives and have died, even though we don't, we haven't canonized them, they are before the heavenly throne. They, they see God in all his glory. And on November 1st, we, we honor them, um, even though we may not know them by name. Uh, they are brothers and sisters in the Lord, and we seek their intercession. 
I like to always think about this in terms of uh, when you pray a litany, especially a litany of the saints, and usually it'll conclude, one of the last lines will be, uh, the conclusion will be, all you holy men and women, angels and saints of God, Pray for us. Pray for us, absolutely. And I, I was thinking the same thing as well. So, so this is sort of we we cover our bases. Don't want to don't want to uh, count anybody out who's already in uh, the kingdom of heaven, and uh, we we seek their 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 intercession. You can't um, have too many friends. Exactly, and that's you know, I, I think that's you know this whole idea. Some people really get you know up in arms about the Catholic devotion to saints. And, and we're certainly not the only Christians who practice devotion to saints. The, the Orthodox do, many Anglicans do, um, some, some Protestants do as well, actually. Some Lutherans. Uh, exactly. But it's, it's just about, as you said, you can't have too many friends. I mean, these are brothers and sisters of the Lord who, who uh, you know, just as you know, I might ask Father to pray for me and he might do likewise, um, why not ask those who are before the heavenly throne to pray for us as well? Because there's nothing, St. Paul says, that nothing can divide us from Christ. We are all uh, in the body of Christ, uh, joined to him, and therefore we can and we ought to seek uh, one another's intercession. We ask, each other, we ask each other's prayers on this earth. There's certainly no reason that we can't ask the prayers of the saints in heaven as well. Exactly. I always like to think back to uh, Romans 8, you know, where uh, St. Paul says that, For I am convinced that neither heights nor depths nor angels nor principalities nor future things nor present things nor past things nor uh, life nor death nor any other thing that are heaven and earth will ever separate us from the love of God and Jesus Christ. And so if you're joined to the love of God and Jesus Christ and uh, the faithful deceased are joined to the love of God and Jesus Christ, well, then we're still connected through Jesus. Exactly, and just as we we again we seek the intercession of those we are connected to who are alive on earth in the earthly sense, so too can we, and we ought to seek the intercession of our brothers and sisters who are alive. Also, I think uh, I think um, in uh, James's letter, Saint James speaks about um, how the, the prayer of the righteous man is that much more effective. So the holier you are, the more righteous you are, the greater efficacy, the greater power, in a sense, your prayer has. And and how much more holy can you get than actually being in heaven already? So so why not seek the, 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 the prayers of those who are in the heavenly throne praising God um, now for all eternity? Amen. So that's sort of, you know, all saints. Um, it's kind of the opposite of the Garth Brooks song. Which song? I got friends in high <laughs> places. How can right. I? It's it, it's Garth's most popular song. I can't believe. I, yeah, you're right. Yeah, now, swing and a miss there, Doctor Burgo. Yeah, swing and a miss. Won't be the first. Is it the first? Won't be the last. You need to come up to our uh, barn dance on Saturday night when hopefully we'll have Catholic students from uh, universities in four or five different states. Wow. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's yeah that's that's not Halloween though is it though see no it's just a barn dance. Speaking of Halloween, a little bit about the connection between um, Halloween and All Saints Day. There's there is one. Um, Halloween uh, is is sort of the uh, I don't know the the way that All Hallows Eve has become compressed over time in the English language. All Hallows Eve it's the Eve of All Saints Day. Those who are Hallowed is refers to holiness, sanctity, the saintly. So um, Halloween is uh, 
the the vigil of the solemnity for all saints, and hence the name um, from All Hallows Eve to Halloween. So Father mentioned earlier, um, you know, dress up like a saint and go out, and you'll probably get a lot stranger looks than if you dress up like uh, a goblin or whatever. Exactly. Um, but but really, again, once in so many cases, uh, in our secular holidays, um, there is often some Christian um, origin lying in the the mists of time. I can just imagine, uh, you know, uh, unsuspecting uh, homeowner answers the door. Oh, are you an odd-looking witch? Uh, no, I'm a nun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some 15-year-old girl just like a Carmelite nun there, you know. Yes, and uh, what an opportunity for a moment for evangelization and catechesis on the part of that fifteen-year-old, you know. Exactly. So there you go. So you yeah, so create there, moments the, like that. Exactly, and so there is, and of course, as any solemnity, it's always a day of great feasting, and you ought, of course, to consume all the candy you possibly can um, on November first, right? Isn't that part of the feast? Uh, Nary's, I can tell. Yeah, exactly. So, so that's sort of. That's sort of the uh, you know all, all Saints as a feast day and and uh, just an question, Doctor Birdwell. You yes, might have an answer. You might not have an answer to. I did not prepare you for this question. Warning. Strike two may be looming here. All right. So, was All Saints always on November first? Um, I don't know. Okay, I was wondering if that was one of the ones that used to be in the Easter season, like Christ the King. Oh, um. I, you know, I, okay, so in terms of since we've got we, since the, the we got the the new liturgical yeah. calendar um, after Vatican II, I think it predates um, the. I, I think it has been November first, even prior to that. Okay, uh, carry on, carry on. No, anyway, no. I was just my my point. Uh, just um, the. Uh, the the value and that it's worth our while to seek the intercession of saints, even those anonymous, unnamed saints uh, who who we celebrate on November first. Um, you know, one thing actually, Father, just doing a quick check in among the Eastern Christians, so the Orthodox, um, and uh, even I, I think Catholics uh, of the Eastern Catholics, um, they celebrate the feast of All Saints. Uh, the Sunday after Pentecost, so you know May June, depending on when Pentecost falls. So, so in in the East, it uh, it is celebrated a different time of year. In the West, though, um, as far as I know, actually back as I'm as I'm looking right now, doing a little quick research, um, it was originally back in the spring in May. Um, it appears. Um, <laughs> But it's been on the first for quite some time, uh, looking like the ninth century. Even uh, it was okay. celebrated November first. So, so it's been on the first for century upon century. So, any so, other uh, any other questions that I can not and have the answer to right right away, Father? Here's here's another thing to talk about, though. Maybe to just give more of a primer on the subject is uh, wait. Why are you laughing? We'll talk about that later if we have time. Oh, okay. <laughs> so just a quick primer would be that uh, kind of a classical name uh, would be that we are members of the, here on earth, we're members of the church militant or the church striving, right? In the sense that we're still striving towards that salvation upward calling Jesus Christ, as Philippians 3 might call it. 
but those saints, the All Saints that we celebrate on uh, November 1st, both those that are known and those that are unknown, are the Church Triumphant or the Church Glorified, that they've received their uh, personal share in the victory of Jesus Christ over sin and death. Yep. Absolutely. And then finally we have the Church Penitential or the Church Suffering, right. uh, who is uh, the Church in uh, Purgatory. Those uh, souls, uh, those holy souls in purgatory that are in union with our Lord, uh, but are being purified of some of that dross of sin that would keep them from the full enjoyment of the kingdom of heaven. Which leads us right into, uh, obviously, November 2nd, the Feast of All Souls. Isn't that nice? How convenient. So, Father, All Souls Day, the church suffering the church um, that's being cleansed in purgatory. Why do we have a feast to celebrate? Or are we celebrating it? What are we doing about them, to them, well, for them? Well, we're remembering them. I believe the, uh, the actual term is the commemoration of all the faithful departed. The commemoration of all the faithful departed. So it's to, uh, to remember them, to pray for them. And as that, primarily uh, as that spiritual work of charity. You know, to pray, uh, to pray for the dead, one of the uh, spiritual works of mercy. And one, I think that you know, and, and certainly uh, this is this is nothing new. This observation that uh, praying for the dead is 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 a little bit of a, one of the forgotten works of, of mercy uh, these days. That there's it's it's as you said, it's a work of charity. Um, why why should we pray for the dead, Father? I mean, they're already dead. What what can our prayers do? In a, are you looking for a? Uh, uh, Garigou Lagrange answer or uh, a uh, a college uh, sofa answer? How about we? Let's go with the latter first, and we'll go from there. The college sofa answer. All right. Well, the way I like to uh, answer it on the uh, college uh, sofa conversations or the uh, hallway conversations is uh, that because of uh, this would be a bit of a primer on a Catholic. Uh, anthropology, a Catholic understanding of the human person, both body and soul, that uh, the sins we commit in our life, uh, while they do have guilt, they also have uh, a, a punishment of that sin, as well as that guilt in the sense of um, that need for us to be to be purified in some way. Right? Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think or maybe another way to understand the punishment is sort of the effect, the lasting effect, the repercussions uh, a natural repercussion of of the sin you commit. And then another way I like to think about it is uh, to think about a habitual sin that you might struggle with. You know, let's say I make fun of uh, Dr. Bergwald's glasses, right? And so I go to confession and I am heart I'm heartfelt and I'm contrite. And I really do want to change, uh, but within me there's still that inclination that the next time I see Dr. Bergwald, I'm going to yell, "Hey, four eyes!" Right? and fall back into that sin again. Right. 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 Exactly. And uh, so it's 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 that um, it's that what we're looking to be uh, that which is purified from us by the grace of God in purgatory, so we can enjoy the full happiness of heaven. Exactly. And so uh, the prayers that we make for the faithful departed are for the sake of their uh, purification in that regard. Right. In some way, and this is mysterious because we don't know the the mechanics, so to speak. Um, some way, our our prayers for them can, in some sense. Uh, hasten or speed up that 
purification process which they are undergoing. I, I often think of, you know, uh, we're, we're told in Scripture, because people wonder, well, where do you see this kind of stuff in the Bible? We're told in Scripture, in the book of Revelation, near the end, St. John tells us that, that nothing impure shall enter into heaven. So whether it's the, the non-deadly sins that John tells us about, venial sins as we call them, that John refers to in one of his letters, or First John chapter 4 five, or 5. 5, 5, I think. 16 and 17, I think, are the verses. Um, so whether it's that, or as, as you were just talking about the Father, the effects of our sin, the, the punishment, so to speak, that flows from them, um, that all needs to be wiped away before we can enter into the glory of heaven. Uh, and, and, and so when, that, that's all this purification process is, and somehow we know that, again, our, our, our works of charity, Father, as you referred to them earlier, um, the prayers that we offer for the dead can somehow speed up that cleansing process. Exactly. So, so tell me more about the the day, Father. Then, what can we do? Uh, what, what is maybe some of the devotions? What, whatever you want to tell us about. Well, of course, the the best devotion would be to uh, go to mass on that day and to uh, pray in your prayer and receiving communion uh, and uh, the various prayers of the day is to pray for uh, a particular uh, member of your family or any of. Uh, the members uh, of your family. So it's always good to just apply that Mass. Also, just in the month of November, it would be a good thing maybe to make a plan of uh, offering up some Mass intentions uh, for your loved ones and family members uh, in the year to come. So maybe on specific dates, try to get uh, a Mass offered at your parish on an anniversary date, on a birthday, on a date of death uh, for that uh, faithful departed. Right. And again, because um, they can certainly use our prayers. I mean, why not pray for them so they can um, have the beatific vision, see God in his glory uh, even sooner than they may have without our prayers. Without doubt. The other thing uh, then that you can do is uh, I have in front of me, and I know who you have in front of you, your manual of indulgences. Exactly. And uh, on page 99... Under... Wait, hold, wait, hold on now, Father. Manual uh-huh. of in, in, indulgences. Indul- yes. Now, didn't, didn't they... Didn't it has recipes off? for Sundays and caramels and <laughs> didn't, didn't indulgences didn't they go out with Luther way back in the 16th century? Well, you're close there, Doctor Bergman, because the abuse of indulgences uh... was uh, made an effort to be cleaned up in uh, in the reforms uh, in the legitimate reforms following uh, the uh, pro- uh, protesting of uh, Martin Luther. Right, so. So let's give a little primer, Father, on indulgences then. Pardon me, what was that? Uh, primer. Primer on indulgences. <laughs> okay. Uh, real quick, audience, uh, Father and I, before we went on air, okay, l- let's talk a little bit about indulgences as we get into this. Uh, is it primer or primer? And Father consulted his, uh, his resources, and indeed it is a primer. A little right. introduction to something, it's a primer. It's not a primer. I don't ever a want to primer hear this. is a substance that you put on wood for painting or other substances. A primer is the capper cylinder that uh, triggers the explosion. A primer is the small uh, pump uh, that aids in co- a combustion engine. A primer is a biochemis- biochemical molecule uh, that starts a polymerization process. And we, don't plan, we don't plan on doing any of that here as we talk about indulgences. At least we, not during the podcast. Exactly. We are going to give you a primer on indulgences, a short introduction, uh, perhaps suit. Well, yes, anyway. So, Father, what are indulgences? 
Uh, indulgences are uh, part of the uh, binding authority of the church uh, and part of the office of mercy of the church. When our Lord Jesus Christ shared his authority with uh, St. Peter and the church, which has carried out through apostolic uh, succession uh, throughout the ages, secula seculorum, uh, I got distracted because it's snowing again. Yeah. Uh, uh, so it's, it's, it's part of that office of mercy entrusted to the church. Uh, so read about that in Matthew 16, read about that in John uh, chapter 20, uh, where it says, uh, those sins you forgive are forgiven, those sins you retain are retained, in John chapter 20, uh, Matthew 16, and later on, I believe Matthew 18, um, whatever you uh, bind on earth is bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth has been loosed in heaven. Exactly. And so, go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead, go ahead. And so it falls within uh, uh, that authority of the church, and then as a work of mercy, it's used in a merciful way. Use that merciful way um, to uh, to apply uh, the uh, salvation of Jesus Christ to uh, those areas of our lives that need it. Exactly, but I, I, I would. It, it, unfortunately, it's literally just beyond my reach right now. The Catechism of the Catholic Church, but near the end of the Catechism's treatment of the Sacrament of Reconciliation, Penance, Confession, uh, there's a there's a discussion of of indulgences there, which is an excellent doctrinal summary of indulgences. Father just sort of gave the, the scriptural background there. Um, the Catechism has a great, nice, very nice doctrinal explanation of them as well. And, uh, you know, Christ uh, in superabundance won all the grace we possibly could need for our sanctification, our holiness, our, certainly our salvation on the cross. Um, and, and joined to that are all the, the works of love, of charity, that all the saints, beginning with Mary and every other saint, has ever done, and so the Church, um, uh, in her her as mercy, as Father was just saying, uh, sort of doles out, in a sense, um, uh, uh, freely uh, the the merits which Christ has won and the saints have joined to His victory uh, for our growth in holiness. Uh, and, and the church just attaches um, these to certain prayers or other devotions. So, so that's a, a nutshell. I think a, a good primer on indulgences, Father. So take it away from there. Tell us about indulgences. We 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 have this manual of indulgences you were just referring to. Right. Uh, and in the manual of indulgences, uh, there is a special section of uh, prayers for the faithful departed. And uh, especially linked to uh, this time in November and on All Souls Day. And so uh, good things to do would be uh, on any uh, or each of the days from number 1st to the 8th, devoutly visit a cemetery and pray, if only mentally, for the departed. Another good thing to do on All Souls Day, um, pardon me, on All Souls Day, uh, devoutly visit a church or an oratory, any place where the Blessed Sacrament is present, and recite uh, for uh, a particular uh, uh, member in, uh, of the faithful departed, uh, reciting Our Father and the Creed. It does not specify between apostles or Nicene for those of you scoring at home. Right. And so I think just the richness of the church, though, the beauty of the church, very simple, uh, very easy to access in this way. You know, uh, Reciting a prayer, even mentally. Right. Yeah, it doesn't. It's not. You know, there's not a bunch of hoops to jump through. I mean, it's it's it, the church is very generous in her mercy. Without a doubt, without a doubt, which is nice. I like that. Yes, Father. There's another prayer in here that you also. It, it, it's. Uh, I'm not sure that's attached 
to an indulgence uh, necessarily. I think it's just some of the prayers listed. Um, yes, that'd be uh, the. It's an Eastern prayer uh, from the Byzantine tradition, the Greek Catholic tradition. We are Roman Catholic. There are Greek Catholics. Uh, would you like me to read that one? Should, do, would you want me to? Yes, I do it. Please do. Should I use my deep and impressive voice? I think you should. I don't know if I can do this on demand. We'll try. Okay. This is from uh, uh, Byzantine prayer for the deceased. God of the spirits and of all flesh, who have destroyed death and annihilated the devil and given life to your world, may you yourself, O Lord, grant to the soul of your deceased servant rest in a place of light, a verdant place, a place of freshness from where suffering, pain, and cries are far removed. Do you, O good and compassionate God, forgive every fault committed by him in word, work, or thought, because there is no man who lives and does not sin. You alone are without sin, and your justice is justice throughout the ages, and your word is truth. Since you, O Christ our God, are the resurrection, the life, and the repose of your deceased servant, may we give you glory together with your unbegotten Father and your most holy, good, and vivifying Spirit, now and always and forever and ever. Amen. Yeah, it is a beautiful prayer. Um, it, it, again, it's, this is also found in the Manual of Indulgences um, that we can certainly, even though we are Roman Catholic, uh, certainly it's included in the Manual of Indulgences for a reason. So uh, we, are, we are welcomed and encouraged to pray this Eastern prayer as well. And another prayer that uh, I think everyone would be, it would behoove everyone to learn, I'm going to make a concerted effort to teach it to my parish and my Newman Center, uh, my, and my parish and my Newman Center this month, is the prayer from uh, the funeral rite of uh, the Catholic Church, uh, which is just uh, quite simple, and I believe you know this as well. Uh, Dr. Birdwong can make the appropriate responses. Yes, sir. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. And let perpetual light shine upon them. May they rest in peace. Amen. And may their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed through the mercy of God rest in peace. Amen. There you go. Yeah, the, uh, as, yeah the, another prayer that is certainly uh, meritorious, and again during this time month of November that will be we're about to begin. Um, certainly, as we remember the dead, uh, something to keep in mind and a prayer to keep close to our lips. So, and Father, uh, as we draw here near to the end for today. Any any closing thoughts with regard to these these twin feast days, which, which with which we beautifully begin the month of November? Well, I think one thought would be: uh, Are you have you looked for saints that are interested in your life, even though you weren't interested in theirs? Such as uh, saints who have feast days on the day of your birth, your baptism, your confirmation, your first communion, uh, the day of your marriage, the day of your ordination. Uh, the day, other momentous events in your life. Are you aware of the saints who have feasts on those days, and have you asked for their prayers for you on a regular basis? You know, along those lines, Father, I just recently, um, I'm born near the end of, of September, September 23rd, and I literally just found out this fall, uh, I was curious, and when, I, I didn't even know my baptism until, and so I, I called my home parish, and, and they looked it up for me, and my baptism date was October 7th, which is the Feast of Our Lady of the Rosary. Um, beautiful. Yeah, so uh, beautiful. And my now, the September 23rd hadn't had a feast on that day in the new, uh, the new calendar until Padre Pio was canonized. And that was Pio Petrosin. Exactly, and that's the, the date was assigned to him. So, um, so now I have Padre Pio on my birthday, 
and Our Lady of the Most Holy Rosary on my baptism day. And I know my wife, my wife and I, when we were engaged uh, to be married, looking at dates, and I was looking for um, uh, Saturdays in the summer uh, on which a saint's day might fall. And so our, 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 our anniversary is July 31st, which is, I think you know this one, because you alluded to it. St. Ignatius Loyola. Exactly. So, Did you shoot a cannon? Uh, not at myself. No. Um, maybe somebody else. Have a fun way to celebrate uh, the wedding. Have a, a cannon. <laughs> exactly. One final little plea, and uh, I've made this to my students here, and we'll make this to my parishioners as well. Uh, pray for me when I'm dead. Amen. Pray for me when I'm dead. There's a story from St. John Vianney that uh, the pastor who he first worked for, who was his childhood pastor, the man who worked so hard to get him uh, through some of his difficulties in the seminary and to ordain life, when uh, this holy priest died, he, at his deathbed, he handed to uh, young Father Vianney, he handed him uh, some of the things that he used for some of his ascetical and uh, prayers of discipline and some of his devotions. And he handed them to Father Vianney and said, please, if anyone finds this, they'll think that I'm a saint already and they won't pray for me and I'll be in purgatory until our Lord comes. Huh. Wow. Yeah. So keep that in mind. I mean, certainly for, well, all the people who have passed away, including the, the priests that we've known throughout our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of that, the, the priest who, who baptized me, um, from whom I received first reconciliation, first Holy Communion, died was on eight, when I was in eighth grade. And, and I remember him in prayer frequently, um, not always daily, but, but nearly daily. Um, and certainly we, we, we should do the same for, for, again, priests, but all of our family members and friends who have, who have passed on. So, amen. Amen. All right, Father, so very helpful. Uh, and, and just for everybody, the, the takeaway from this podcast, primer. 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 Don't forget. So, uh, and of course, though, uh, uh, well, the time you, you, when this is this is gone live, you or got online, you may have already celebrated the feast days, but during this month of November, as always, keep uh, the, deceit, the faithful departed in your thoughts and, more importantly, in your prayers. Thanks, Father, for being here again this week. And God bless you and all that you do. Amen. We'll see you next week on Prairie Rome Companion.